Welcome to Progress in Work. I'm your host, Patrick Figures, and this week, let's talk about employee coaching. Coaching employees is hard. No surprise there. One large reason that it's difficult is because every employee is different. Every single employee that you work with is going to have contrasting skills, and they are all going to respond to feedback differently. If you, as their manager, as their leader, ignore their differences, their uniqueness, you will end up with rigid standards when trying to evaluate and coach them, and these standards will poorly match each of your little snowflakes. But if you allow too much subjectivity, if you're not rigid enough, you will be unable to compare your apples with your oranges. And this is the number one reason that so many managers and so many leaders completely abandon any employee development. It's too hard. Finding a perfect system of coaching that feels comfortable to you is probably impossible. And rather than using an imperfect system, many of us do nothing, which leads directly into our largest failure as leaders. Not that we use an imperfect coaching system, but that we don't even try. Lacking the perfect tool, we instead use no tool. And here's a secret. Every method that you use for growing your employees is going to be flawed. The only thing worse than a messy development conversation is no development conversation. Every single leader wants to turn around underperforming employees and motivate high-performing employees. But we are often unwilling to have the kinds of conversations that get the ball moving in the right direction. Employee development takes courage. The courage to wade into murky, subjective conversations and to do your best to actually form a real connection with your employees. Are you going to risk being rejected? Yes. Is there a chance that your team won't resonate with what you're telling them? Yes. But guess what? These are the kinds of gambles you have to take when investing in your people. This is what the job is. You will miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So, if you're not feeling confident, where might you start? Feedback, coaching, development should always be specific and actionable. So consider for your area, for your department, for the expertise that you're working with, what are the key traits or attributes that are most relevant that you can start with? Start from the bottom up. Use things such as customer service or um, living the mission or whatever categories make sense for your particular environment. And honestly, what you use matters a lot less than actually using it. It just has to be relevant and meaningful for the person that you're using it with. So if you find that you can't come up with something, feel free to start with something basic. With my teams, I focus on three things. One, teamwork working with others. Two, independence, working alone. And three, results, getting the right work done. These three dimensions balance the external, the internal, and the important, and give me, for my employees, a broad lens with which to evaluate them. So first off, teamwork. The modern workplace is a team sport. And it's important to company morale and your culture and your department 
that everyone on your team contributes to a positive and constructive environment. This means being intentional and specific around the ways that your team all work together. Your employees should put value on working with each other and creating a feeling, a group sense of camaraderie. So some specific things to think about with each employee. Does this employee work well with others? Do they communicate effectively and clearly using whatever available communication tools that you have, like Slack or email or WhatsApp, whatever you happen to use? Are you confident that this person could work with anyone on your team? Does this person seem to be part of a clique that might exclude others, which can be a challenge on larger teams? Does this person even want to be a part of the team? Do they see value in that? Secondly, independence. The larger the team, the greater the importance that each employee be self-sufficient. All of your employees should have the confidence and capability to get their work done without needing to have their hand held. To use an old analogy that we've all heard, you need each of your employees to want to fish, not to be fed fish. With set boundaries and clear direction, they should all be highly effective within their specific area of expertise. So some specific things to think about with each of these employees. Do they have the skills to produce good, independent work? Are they self-confident? Do they chronically ask you to double-check their work or repeat instructions? Can they adapt their work to different deadlines or other constraints unique to your department? Basically, are they flexible? Results. Let me defer to Patrick Lencioni, who in The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, a great book, describes inattention to results as the tendency of members to care about something other than the collective goals of the group. He calls it the ultimate dysfunction of a team. Essentially, your employees need to be interested in the team's larger goals, and they need to be held accountable for how their own individual results impact these larger goals. Specific things to think about with each employee. Can your employee speak to the organization's goals? Do they seem interested or motivated by the departmental goals or objectives? Can each employee articulate what good work looks like for their particular job? Are they willing to be held responsible for their individual work? Are they open to feedback about poor performance or opportunities for improvement? Do they make excuses and blame others for poor results? Now at this point, you might be skeptical of the criteria that I've used above which is fine. Find something that works for you. But whatever you happen to use, start the conversation. Take five minutes, jot down notes or feedback relevant to whichever employee that you happen to be working with. Note specific behaviors or situations that highlighted something with that employee, positive or negative, that you want them to continue doing or be aware of or to be aware of and to cease doing. Keep this in mind. Whether your first feedback session goes smoothly or it doesn't, your employees are going to be motivated by the fact that you cared enough to take their performance seriously and that you sincerely want them to improve and grow. Good luck out there. Something that I love in talking about management and leadership is that it's fundamentally about connecting with people. I think that brings a, a humanity to this profession that's touching, that uh, touches and moves me when I think about it. 
because you can't manage or lead in a vacuum. You have to have a willingness to engage with other people in a deep way to form real relationships in this business, which seems straightforward when I say it out loud, but for so many of us in my generation and in older generations, this idea of, of even talking about relationships is counter to how we got into management, how we learned to manage and lead people, what we were taught, what we were told. Many of us have to unlearn this myth that feelings and real relationships don't belong in the workplace, that our work life and our personal life should be separate. For decades, we've been told that acting professional, acting with a level of poise and credibility, extends itself at work to subjugating your own humanity and ignoring the humanity of connecting on a deeper level with others. That to be professional is to quell the emotions that you feel and thus not thinking of the people that you're managing as people inherently. Uh, of course, the problem with that is that without real human connection, you are left to depend on hierarchy, the organizational chart, span of control, authority. And this reliance on hierarchy, on thinking of people as titles or positions or roles, is not only dehumanizing, it's ineffective. People do not follow you because they have to. Show me a group of people that are told every day that they had better follow instructions or else, and I will show you a terrible culture and high employee turnover. No one is motivated through negative reinforcement, through I'm your boss, so you'd better do what I say. That's not how people work. That's not how we work in our personal lives. Why would it extend to our professional lives? Instead, by focusing on the fact that your employees are human beings, people with feelings, people that cry or get upset or get mad or get their feelings hurt, you validate them. You show them that you see them and that they matter because you care about the things that they care about and you're interested in the things that they're interested in, the thing that builds relationships. Everyone can remember a cherished coach or teacher or mentor, someone that really connected with them and helped them learn. But it wasn't just about their competency or genius or that person's skill that made an impression on you. It was the connection that you had to this person. Your relationship with this person mattered. And through that relationship, you learned and grew and developed. But it was the relationship that facilitated that deeper level of connection and learning. By opening yourself up as the leader, as the manager, to similar relationships and connections with your own employees, you build credibility by showing that you are invested in them. You show that you care about them and their success. And it's this sincerity 
that allows people to open up to you in turn and to be coached by you. Because being coached by someone is a choice. It takes two people to have a successful coaching relationship. You, as the manager, as the leader, have to decide that you are invested and willing to put in the effort and work to meet that employee where they are. But in turn, that employee also has to choose to listen and absorb and practice what you teach them. So before you decide to sit down with an employee and have a coaching conversation, first, ask yourself if you have the kind of relationship with that employee that is going to facilitate the conversation you want to have. Have you done the work to build a connection with this employee that will enable them to understand where you're coming from and know that you have their best interest at heart. Because if you haven't done the bare minimum in investing and listening to them, why on earth should they listen to you? And that's all for today. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. I certainly enjoyed putting it together. If you've got a question on leadership or the professional workplace, or maybe you just want to chat, feel free to send me an email at patrick at patrickfigures.com. That sounded weird. Patrick at patrickfigures.com for my email. Uh, New episodes are going to go up every other week. Consider subscribing to stay up to date. The music featured in today's episode was an excerpt of Something Elated by Broke for Free, used under Creative Commons. See you next time.